message it is not an occasional message it's God's predestined fulfilled message for humanity now we want to continue quickly with our teaching on the essence of his resurrection I trust today is going to be the final teaching because we have a lot of things to talk about in our previous teaching now we looked at uh, the first essence of his resurrection we said the resurrection of Jesus Christ guaranteed sonship the reason why we are sons of God is because Jesus rose from the dead the Bible says those he foreknew he predestinated them to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren that means uh, through his resurrection the Bible says uh, this day thou art my son this day have I begotten thee so the begotten of Jesus is actually his resurrection Jesus Christ on earth function as a son of man and not as a son of God though he was a son of God he became the son of God in uh, uh, in reality when he rose from the dead and he became the son of God that God may have many sons so he became the firstborn prototokos which is a prototype amongst many brethren so now Jesus has brethren he has brothers the word brethren in the Greek word is adelphos which means twins from the same womb or of the same womb so now God has sons through Jesus Christ the reason why we are sons of God is because Jesus rose from the dead so uh, the second reality also about the essence of the resurrection is that the resurrection is the assurance that we can enjoy complete forgiveness and freedom from sin and uh, eternal salvation the reason why the believer's salvation is guaranteed is because our high priest is alive the reason why he's alive is because he rose from the dead and his resurrection became the seal of our justification and our forgiveness and our eternal salvation we have explained that number three we said the resurrection of jesus christ is the receipt of our justification the bible says in romans chapter 4 the verse 25 the bible says who was uh, uh delivered on account of our sins and was raised on account of our justification so jesus was delivered so that we will be forgiven for our sins and he was raised so that we will be justified so the reason why a man is justified the word justification uh, is a greek word whereby a judge declares a, a guilty person not guilty the word justification means to be made right or to have a right standing is the same word for righteousness so uh, the bible says who was who was delivered on account of our trespasses and was raised on account of our justification so the reason why a christian is justified today is because jesus rose from the dead he's not justified because he does good hallelujah so number three we also said that the uh, number four we said the resurrection is uh, the resurrection of jesus christ raised us and made us born again from spiritual death the reason why we can be born again is because Jesus rose the reason why the Christian has also risen from the dead spiritually is simply because Jesus rose until his resurrection nobody could have been raised from the dead the Bible says and you he quickened who were dead in sins and trespasses so without Christ we were dead in sins and trespasses by his resurrection we were quickened not only quickened we were made alive not only made alive we were raised together with him and we were made to sit together with him in the heavenly realms number five we said the resurrection is an evidence that jesus destroyed death satan and put them under his feet 
so the resurrection is the evidence that death has been destroyed and satan has been destroyed we have said that today in the new testament death has no authority over the believer and satan has no authority over the believer in hebrews 2 14 the bible says that uh, for in as much as the brethren are partakers of flesh and blood he himself likewise partook in the same that uh, uh, he by reason of death might paralyze him that had the power of death that is the devil so jesus by his resurrection used death to destroy death he used death to paralyze the devil so today the devil cannot intimidate anybody who is in christ who has delivered us from the kingdom of power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son when israel came out from egypt they were no longer under pharaoh's authority when israel came out of egypt they were under the authority and governance of god in that same vein when the believer is in christ he has been delivered from egypt like uh, he has been delivered from darkness like israel was delivered from egypt there was a transfer of governance when a man is in christ there is a transfer of governance praise god there is a transfer of governance there is a transfer of governance that means there is a new leader that is taking over his life so satan no longer has authority and power over the life of the believer because the believer is under a new governance a new governance or lordship which is by the lordship of jesus number six we said the resurrection of jesus christ is the guarantee of receiving the holy spirit the resurrection of jesus christ is the guarantee of receiving the holy spirit the reason why the believer has the holy ghost is because jesus rose from the dead we have the holy ghost because jesus rose from the dead so jesus rose from the dead that is why we have the holy ghost remember jesus said to the disciples that it is to your advantage that i go unless i go the spirit will not come so it was his death burial ascension uh, that brought or received the gift of the holy spirit and poured it into our hearts by faith so unto jesus rose nobody can boast of the holy spirit so if the holy spirit entered the believer because jesus was glorified the holy ghost cannot leave the believer because he did something wrong praise god we have been sealed with the holy ghost because of his resurrection now number seven we um so we are actually continuing with today's message you need to pay attention to this we are continuing with today's message um which is uh number seven of the essence of his resurrection now um the the resurrection of jesus christ uh proves the authenticity of our faith i hope it's been recorded the resurrection of jesus christ proves the authenticity of our faith the resurrection of jesus christ proves the authenticity of our faith now what do i say or what what am i saying now i'm saying that faith is not complete without resurrection there is no faith without resurrection there is no faith without a resurrection there is no faith without resurrection now uh, open with me to uh, romans um thank you holy spirit 
1 Corinthians chapter 15 the verse 17 first corinthians chapter 15 and the verse 17 okay let's start from the verse 14 now listen attentively he says if christ be not risen then our preaching is vain in other words unto jesus rose from the dead preaching of the gospel is vain then he says and your faith is also vain in other words if jesus did not rise from the dead there is no preaching therefore there is no faith because faith cometh by hearing so if um there is no preaching that means there can be no faith in other words if there was no resurrection there is no preaching and if there is no preaching there is no faith so to say jesus did not rise from the dead is to nullify the potency of the gospel which produces or supplies faith to the hearer now this is very important the verse 14 i read that again and if christ be not risen then our preaching is vain and your faith is also vain that means faith is centered on resurrection faith is centered on the resurrection now let's prove that also in the verse 16 and 17 now pay attention to this he says for if the dead rise not then is not christ raised for if the dead rise not then is christ not raised and if christ be not raised your faith is vain and if christ be not raised your faith is vain and if christ be not raised your faith is vain and ye are yet in your sins in other words when there is no resurrection there is no faith and when there is no faith a man is still in his sins so what brings a man out of his sins resurrection and our faith in it now follow this carefully in first corinthians 15 17 what brings a man out of sin is resurrection and the man's faith in it what brings a man out of sin is resurrection and his faith in it remember when jesus died he bore our sins and became sin when he was buried he went to hell with our sins and when he rose he rose without sin he rose justified his justification was his resurrection so to believe that jesus rose is to believe that jesus dealt with sin and jesus rose without a man's sin so just like he was justified in spirit without sin you are also free from sin by being made alive unto justification now this is so in, uh, this is so critical he says and if christ be not raised your faith is vain and ye are yet in your sins this is very critical we cannot by but preach the gospel of jesus christ which is the message of the death the burial and resurrection because until many hear that jesus rose from the dead there is no opportunity or avenue for faith listen um let me see if i can help you with with this um now you, you can put this down we are saved today because jesus rose from the dead romans chapter 10 the verse 9 and 10 uh, we can read just from the verse 9 we are saved because jesus rose from the dead now romans chapter 10 the verse 9 and 10 the bible says 
if thou shalt confess with thy mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved huh. so it is not just believing that Jesus died because many men died to say Jesus died is not news because when Jesus came men died this is very critical to say Jesus died is not news in fact if the apostles went on preaching that Jesus died they would have said so what <laughs> if the apostles went about preaching that my savior died he died do you know Jesus died he, they said to the Pharisees do you know Jesus died they wouldn't have been persecuted they would have been called madmen because everybody dies it wouldn't have been news but what brought trouble was that the apostles preached that the Jesus that died rose are you seeing that so the real thing is resurrection the real thing is resurrection it was resurrection that sealed the entirety of the saving work of Christ now this is important now that is to tell you that actually when Jesus said it is finished it was technically not finished because he just had died when Jesus said it is finished the word finished which is tetelestai means it means paid in full that's the word finished it means paid in full so the word finished so sometimes don't understand finished work as that jesus when he said is finished it means that is the finished work when we say finished work we are not saying when jesus said it is finished that was finished work no when jesus said it is finished it meant that he had paid the price for sin in his death when jesus said it is finished he was saying paid in full paid in full that means sin has been paid for but you see your sins can be paid for and you could still be miserable it was resurrection that brought new life <laughs> this is good the reason why we can have justification the reason why we could have eternal life the reason why we could be born again out of death is because of resurrection so the apostles did would not have had trouble if only they preached of the death of jesus because it's not news because before jesus came men were dying but to die and to rise again in three days and to be preached as savior because you rose is a big news because nobody had ever rose from the dead without the agency of someone else now i said the other time there is a difference between resuscitation and resurrection this is very important all the people that rose from the dead before jesus came did not experience resurrection you know why because they still died again so they didn't experience resurrection they experience resuscitation resuscitation is the return of the soul back into the body 
resuscitation is the return of the soul into the body so resuscitation is not resurrection when a man is raised from the dead he dies no more that is what the bible says being raised from the dead he dies no more all the people that rose from the dead before jesus came died again lazarus died the shunammite son died the centurion's daughter died so that was not resurrection when a man is raised he dies no more it's good so until jesus came nobody died and rose by another power outside of him no that was that is why the resurrection of jesus was offensive it was foolishness it was foolishness it didn't make any sense to the jews have you seen that you see that was why that you see many religions many atheists and many um, unbelieving scholars don't have an issue with the death of jesus they actually have an issue with his resurrection because they can't believe a man dies and rises up again without the agency of another man they can't believe it no wonder they've propounded different theories against the resurrection i told you the first theory is stolen body theory well when they paid the soldiers to say that uh, they actually stole the body of jesus just to um neutralize the effect of the resurrection just to lie about that resurrection and the authenticity thereof we also have the uh, the swoon theory they propounded different theories the hallucination theory which says that actually the disciples were actually um, hallucinating out of sorrow they began to see visions of jesus and they called they said jesus was risen from the dead you see so many theories have been propounded to fight against the resurrection because the resurrection is a real message that is why there is something called faith if i tell you someone died you don't believe (laughs) you don't need to believe it but when i tell you the person that died rose it will take faith to accept it you will not have a problem if i tell you someone died but if i tell you that the person that died rose from the dead to save you it will take faith to believe it it will take faith to accept it that is why the resurrection is an offense when we preach the resurrection we are preaching the power of god because it was in the resurrection that god's power was demonstrated i'm going to come there so there is faith because of resurrection it takes faith to believe in the resurrection Hmm. thank you holy spirit um first corinthians chapter 15 the verse 1 first corinthians 15 the verse 1 now let me read that he says moreover brethren i declare unto you the gospel which i preached unto you he called it the gospel he is a gospel so there's only one gospel okay he says uh, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand that means our standing is in this gospel a man stands in this gospel number two he says by which also ye are saved in other words this is the message that saves a man if it is not this message it cannot save 
this is very important if it is not this message it cannot save he says if ye keep in memory what i preached unless ye have believed in vain now watch this for i delivered unto you first of all that which i also received how that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that's one number two he says and that he was buried number three he says and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures when he got to the resurrection on the third day he had to expound it he went on by saying and was seen of Cephas then of the twelve then he says after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the great part remain unto this present but some are falling asleep after that he was seen of James then of the apostles so the gospel is that Christ died not only Christ died so you can't teach a gospel by saying Christ died it's, it's incomplete it can't save anyone to preach the gospel is to preach that he died he was buried and he rose he rose that is the message it is the resurrection that seals the gospel the reason why there is faith is because of resurrection it will take faith to believe that a man rose so the resurrection is actually what authenticates our faith we believe today because he rose praise god so um you see this is the message that apostles preached and were persecuted for this it was the message the apostles preached the apostles preached resurrection that was the message they preached and every preacher must center on the assignment of christ every preacher is mandated to preach the message of the death the burial and resurrection of jesus christ it doesn't matter whether people don't get it they will get it they will get it you don't have to be afraid someone told me this message you have been preaching does not work in africa i said who said so there is no african gospel there is only one gospel it's the gospel of jesus his death burial resurrection ascension and seating and return that's the message we preach and every preacher must center his ministry on the entirety of the finished work of christ he must preach a christ-based message jesus rose that is why we have faith jesus rose that is why we can believe hallelujah so in acts chapter 2 the verse um, 23 and 24 he says him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God have ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom god has raised up now this was the message peter was preaching whom god has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that it should be holding of it so the apostles preached resurrection the verse 29 to 23 it says men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch david that is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is still with us to this day he says therefore being a prophet 
and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne he seen this therefore speak of the resurrection of Christ so this is the message they sent it on that his soul was not left in hell <laughs> neither his flesh did see corruption he says this Jesus had God raised up whereof we are all witnesses he says therefore being at the right hand exalted having received of the father the promise of the Holy Ghost which he shed forth this day which you now see and hear so they preach resurrection now quickly let's see um, Acts chapter 4 verse 33 Acts chapter 4, the verse 33. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, And with great power, give the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Interesting. He says, And with great power, give the apostles witness of the resurrection. So what were they witnessing? they were witnessing of resurrection that is what we witness today we teach what his resurrection accomplished we teach that jesus rose to bring new life he rose to give the spirit he rose to justify he rose to give us new life he rose that our lives may be to his glory he rose to receive us into the heavenly glory he rose that we may be seated with him in the heavenly places he rose that we will come to mount zion to the city of the living god he rose that will come to the heavenly jerusalem and to the innumerable company of angels he rose that we may be citizens ah citizens he rose he rose he rose that's the message it's the message the apostles preached and with great power they gave witness of resurrection that was what the apostles preached and that is what we preach and what what we must preach the resurrection of jesus christ is the power of god hallelujah thank you holy spirit acts chapter 10 verse 39 Acts 10 39. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Lord. Sufra Hatiga Sahaya. Acts 10 39. Um, he says, uh, and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hung on the tree. Now look at the verse 40. Here comes the message. Him God has raised up the third day and showed him openly not to all the people but unto witnesses chosen before God even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead look he says the verse 42 he says and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead to him give all the prophet witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins and now look at look at that while peter yet spake these things the holy ghost fell on all them which had the word what was the word jesus died and rose that was the word it was the word they heard 
that gave them the spirit it was the word they had that they believed and received the holy ghost it was that jesus rose from the dead that was the message of the apostles how do we reduce the entirety of the finished work of christ the redemptive work of christ the message of the resurrection to a simple message that has no power in another country oh father the apostles were persecuted because they thought that jesus rose they gave witness to their preaching that jesus rose they were killed for what they believed that jesus rose they were killed for this testimony they were persecuted because they believed in the bodily resurrection of jesus they were killed because they believed in the bodily resurrection of jesus christ they give witness to it all the apostles died because of what they saw and believed and today we are an extension of what the apostles preached we preach the resurrection of jesus christ because it's the power to transform is the power to save is the power to redeem is the power to justify when men hear what his resurrection accomplished they believe paul was beheaded for this testimony peter was crucified upside down for this testimony Andrew was crucified for this testimony. Thomas was pierced by false soldiers by this testimony. Philip was tortured to death because of this testimony. Bartholomew was killed for this testimony. James was stoned and clubbed. They dashed his head into pieces because of this message. Matthias was because of this message all the apostles died because they held on to their testimony and their faith in his resurrection thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus that you rose your resurrection is mine it's my resurrection thank you Jesus thank you Jesus number 8 quickly the resurrection of jesus christ proves that physical death is not the termination of human existence the resurrection of jesus christ proves that physical death is not the termination of human existence <laughs> this is good the resurrection of jesus proves that physical death is not the termination of human existence now you see we humans on earth see poorly and dimly in a glass when we hear of the loss of a brethren in christ sometimes we are tempted to look within our five senses but there is more to death There is more to death. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that physical death is not the termination of human existence. Very important. 
when someone takes the life of a Christian he has not ended his life when a Christian dies his life has not ended when a Christian dies his life has not ended the resurrection of Jesus proves it that physical death is not the termination of human existence no it doesn't mean this body is over it's over with you no it doesn't mean that <laughs> you know <laughs> the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is to indicate to man that man himself in Christ will also be bodily resurrected the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is the is the tes- testification or the witness or the evidence that we will also rise bodily we will also bodily resurrect what the believer has today is the resurrection in his spirit but his body will also experience resurrection now you need to understand this death is not the end of life death is not the end of life see (laughs) nobody can intimidate or threaten the believer with death Paul says to live is Christ to die is gain so death is gain for believers death is gain when the believer dies he gains to die is gain why did he say that we are going to see that there. you see we need to understand death before death before death (laughs) we need to understand death before death the first time God introduced death it was to germinate life the first time the devil introduced death it was to terminate life the first time God introduced death it was to germinate life the first time the devil introduced death it was to terminate life this is very important the Bible tells us that Adam fell into a deep sleep that deep sleep in Hebrew actually means death the sleep of Adam was a type of death that is why in the New Testament believers don't die they sleep when a believer dies it is called sleep he will awake again so when Adam was put into a deep sleep it was death introduced by God it was to germinate life it was to bring Eve it was to birth Eve it was to reveal Eve but when sin came it introduced a death that terminated life when sin was introduced sin revealed a death that terminated life it revealed a death that brought destruction but when God introduced it it was to germinate my life man's life it was to multiply life (laughs) you need to get this in the new testament the death of a believer is described 
into two things it is described at, as a sleep and it is described as a seed that is in the new testament concerning a believer's life is described as sleep and as seed when a believer dies he has fallen asleep and he will rise again when a believer dies he has been sown as a seed his burial is a seed being sown that same body that was sown in the grave that same body will germinate in a glorified state this is serious now paul explained this reality by saying do you know when you sow a seed the seed has no body but when the seed enters the ground and dies it brings forth a certain aspect or a certain fruit that has its own body paul is saying this physical body when it dies it is buried as a seed when jesus appears this same body will have a glorified body <laughs> uh, let's let's get to the scriptures first corinthians chapter 15 first corinthians chapter 15 let's read from the verse 35 we're going to do a long read here from the verse 35 now now you need to pay attention to that i know many of you have not read this he says but some man will say how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come thou fool thou which that which thou sowed is not quicken except it dies mm. paul was explaining bodily resurrection not spiritual resurrection bodily resurrection he says thou fool that which sowest is not quicken except it dies he went to say in the verse 37 and that which thou sowest thou sowest not that body that shall be but bare grain it may chance of wheat or of some other grain but god given it a body as it had pleased him and to every seed by his own body so every seed has his own body he's saying when the believer dies he's buried as a seed and god will give him a new body god will give him its own body that's the glorified body so the next verse says uh, uh the verse 39 all flesh is not the same but there is one kind of flesh of men another flesh of beasts another flesh of fishes and another of birds they are also there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial but the glory of the celestial the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another there is one glory of the sun and there's another glory of the moon he's saying the moon has a glory and the sun has its own glory and another glory of the stars for one star different from another star in glory so also is the resurrection of the dead it is sown in corruption it is raised in incorruption hey so he's saying when a believer dies and he's buried he has been sown when a believer dies he has been sown in corruption he'll be raised in incorruption that's beautiful just like when you sow a seed it rises up with its own body now paul goes further to say it is sown in dishonor 
it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness what is that weakness this body can decay but it is raised in power it is raised in power hallelujah now he says it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body so the believer is going to have this body changed into a spiritual body yet it is physical so that is how come the resurrection of the body of the believer is a mystical truth we will have a physical body yet this body will be in a glorified state it is so glorified that paul calls it a spiritual body (laughs) it was the very same body that jesus possessed in his resurrection so you see some people say if you are saying that we are raised with jesus why don't you have the body of jesus remember the holy ghost was given to us as a down payment the bible calls the holy spirit the earnest or the pledge of the inheritance so god has an inheritance for us but this inheritance is not fully revealed so we have part of the inheritance and we'll have all the inheritance but not now but it has already been paid for now the holy ghost given to us is the down payment of god's inheritance when jesus appears in glory we will have the full payment the holy ghost is the full taste of that glory when jesus appears we will have the full taste of that glory now this is beautiful now he says it is soon a natural body so when we die and we are buried this body is buried a natural body but the bible says it is raised a spiritual body when when jesus appears in glory he says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body Uh, and so it is written the first adam was made a living soul and the last adam was made a quickening spirit how be it that was not first which was spiritual but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual okay it was comparing two men jesus and adam he says the first man was of the earth earthy the second man is the lord from heaven as is the earthy such are they also that are earthy and as is the heavenly such are they also that are heavenly he says as we are born the image of the earthy so shall we bear the image of the heavenly in other words when jesus appears in glory we will bear his heavenly body we will have the same glory (laughs) but mind you paul compared different glories so even at the resurrection or at the glorification of our bodies we will all not have the same glory paul says there's a glory of the terrestrial and there's a glory of the celestial celestial means the heavenly terrestrial means the earthly so he's saying their glories the sun has its own glory the moon has its own glory they cannot be compared he's saying we all have different realms of glories dependent on how well we developed our spiritual lives when we're on earth now people people downplay the essence of spiritual growth but they don't know how well you grow you grow on earth is how well your glorification will look so there are people who will be more glorified than others yet will all be glorified <laughs> now listen carefully there are people there are christians who will be more glorified than others yet will all be glorified others will have more glory than others so how well you matured how well you developed your spirituality how well you lived on earth determines the degree of glory you enjoy in the glorification of your body so we will all not have the same glory 
that is why i tell christians invest in spirituality invest in your spirituality invest in prayer invest in the study of the word invest in conducting yourself in god's will invest in spending time with jesus invest in your spiritual life it's the greatest investment you could ever give to yourself you don't trivialize spiritual growth the more you are grow- you are growing the more you are glowing the more you are growing the more you are glowing there's so this is so beautiful the more you are growing the more you are glowing so how well you have matured is uh, uh, determines the glory you will have at the resurrection of our bodies so mind you we will all not have the same glory hmm. thank you jesus so uh, the verse 50 he says now this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god neither do it corruption inherit incorruption he says behold i show you uh, i show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed do you see that so there will be a change there will be a change in our bodies in a in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall rise incorruptible and we shall be changed for the corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so we have immortality in our spirit according to second Timothy 1 9 and 10 but we are also going to experience immortality in our body so today we only have a foretaste of what god is going to do so this body we have is not immortal but it will be but we can enjoy a bit of that life before jesus comes that is how come we can live a sick free life we can we can live a decay free life in our body that is how come we can live a corona free life we can have a foretaste of that glory even before it is fully manifested we can see that in uh, second corinthians chapter five quickly uh, we're going to come back second corinthians chapter five oh that was so fear look the verse one second corinthians five one he says for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved he calls your physical body a tabernacle he says if it be dissolved in other words if you die he was speaking figuratively he says we have a building of god and a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens talking of your glorified body he says this 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 body is not made with hands it's eternal in the heavens it's an eternal body he says for in this we groan that means we groan currently in our physical body endlessly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven so paul is saying we are having a struggle within us because sometimes we get tired sometimes we feel sleepy sometimes we injure ourselves when our legs hit a stone sometimes we injure ourselves when our head hits something so this body groans sometimes we feel like having a foretaste of what it means to pass through a wall of what it means not to die physically of what it means not to even injure yourself of what it means not be tired no so he says we groan in this body endlessly desiring to be clothed upon with a house which is from heaven 
if so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked he says for we that were in this tabernacle that means we are we who are in this present body we groan we groan being bedded not for that we will be unclothed but that we would be clothed upon the word clothed upon means feather clothed so paul is saying he wants to enjoy a bit of immortality in his body before it is fully revealed so paul says ah he says uh, i groan not that we will be unclothed that means not that i want to leave this body but i want to be in this same body in a glorified state he says that mortality might be swallowed up by life mm. So Paul is saying we can enjoy a foretaste of immortality in our bodies before we experience it real, real, real in the appearing of our Lord. So a man can live a life without sickness. It is real. It's a foretaste of that glory. There are sometimes I can preach several times in different meetings without, without getting tired. It's a foretaste. Sometimes we could pray for many hours without getting tired. It's a foretaste. It's a foretaste. So back to 1 Corinthians 15. The verse um, 53. He says, For this incorruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. The verse 54. He says, So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, thank you, Jesus. This is awesome. So we are going to have this glorified body. Philippians chapter 3, the verse 21. Philippians 3, 21. Philippians 3, 21. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, I read. He says, who shall change a vile body? So this body is vile. It's weak. It's fragile. He says, who shall change of our body that it may be fashioned according to his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So this vile body will be changed. So the believer doesn't lose anything whether he lives or dies. He does not lose. Thank you, Jesus. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 19 to 23. Romans chapter 8, verse 19 to 23 look at that he says for the endless expectation of creature waiting for the manifestation of the sons of god for the creature was made subject to vanity not willingly but reason of him who had subjected it in hope speaking of adam he brought us all this futility we experience today he says uh, the verse 21 because the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of god what is the bondage of corruption is the bondage of having having to die so he says we will be delivered from the bondage of corruption and he explains further in the verse 22 for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travelleth again in pain on together until now 
the verse 23 and not only they but ourselves also which have the first fruits grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption of our bodies uh -uh. waiting for the adoption of our bodies waiting for the adoption to wait the redemption of our body to wait the redemption of our body so we have been redeemed in our spirit but will be redeemed in our body so that believer has been redeemed in salvation he will also be redeemed in resurrection that's another realm of redemption so we are waiting for the redemption of our bodies that's what we are eagerly waiting for hallelujah that's our glorified bodies thank you holy spirit ephesians chapter 4 the verse 30 he says and grieve not the holy spirit by whom also ye have been sealed unto the day of redemption the day of redemption is the day of the redemption of our bodies now finally the last point the last point the resurrection of jesus christ is the greatest demonstration of god's power the death of jesus christ is the greatest demonstration of God's power. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest demonstration of God's power. Ephesians chapter 1, the verse 15, the verse uh, Ephesians chapter 1, the verse 15. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now you need to pay attention to this. It's the final thing, very important. Ephesians chapter 1, the verse 15 he says whereof or wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power huh? and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but in that which is also to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that fills all in all now I want to dwell on uh, verse 19 he says and to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe now you need to understand what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe he explained by saying which he he says according to the working of his mighty power so the exceeding greatness of his power explains further he says according to the working of his mighty power with which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead so the bible calls the resurrection of jesus christ the exceeding greatness of his power huh. you need to get this creation is the demonstration of god's power resurrection 
is the exceeding greatness of his power creation is the demonstration of God's power resurrection is the demonstration of the exceeding greatness of his power so there's a difference between the demonstration of his power and the demonstration of the exceeding greatness of his power now apostle paul used seven strong greek words used for power in fact apart from these seven strong words used for power you can't find any word powerful enough than these seven words used to describe for power the first one apostle paul used is the greek word uh, ex- uh, the word exceeding is the greek word hupa balu hupa balu the word hupa balu means to throw beyond the mark that means that thing is exceeding it means it is surpassing so the resurrection was the surpassing greatness of his power it was the demonstration of his beyond the mark exceeding surpassing greatness of his power so the first greek word is hupabalu which means to throw beyond the mark in other words there is a mark for you to throw something when you throw the thing beyond the mark that was given to you you have exceeded the mark so he's saying the resurrection of jesus is the exceeding it is the surpassing so it was beyond any other power that was ever demonstrated the resurrection so he used the first word which means beyond the mark the next greek word was the exceeding greatness the word greatness is the greek word uh, megatos megatos the word megatos is from the is the word from which we have the english word megaton which is a unit of explosive power equivalent to one million tons of trinitrotoluene just one unit of atomic power was dropped in hiroshima and after 50 years they still felt its effect on the land they felt the heat they felt the effect of that bomb it was like hell after 50 years you could feel that the the, the fire it was still there you could feel it the effect of that one unit of explosive power the same megaton a unit of ex- explosive power equivalent to one million tons of trinitrotoluene that's the word used for megatons which is megaton a unit of explosive power so the resurrection of jesus was god's explosive power that exceeded and was beyond the mark it was a unit it was an explosive power it was a dynamic explosive power the third greek word he says exceeding greatness of his power to us what we believe according to the working the word working in greek is dunamis The word working is dunamis. The word dunamis means miracle working ability. It means dynamic ability to cause changes. You see another strong word, dunamis. That's the word working. So the resurrection of Jesus was the demonstration of God's greatest exceeding hupabalo. Beyond the max, surpassing explosive power. He called it a miracle dynamic working ability. That's the resurrection. 
the next word he says according to a working of his mighty power the word mighty in greek is energia energia the word mighty is energia which means uh, um um energy or vitality energy or vitality energy or vitality the next word was power power mighty power the greek word there for power is iskus 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 means forcefulness it was a force his resurrection was a force it was a spiritual force that was exerted the seed word is he says which he wrought he says according to the working of mighty power which he wrought in christ the word wrought the word uh, for working there the word wrought sorry the word wrought is the greek word kratos which means vigor or dominion vigor or dominion vigor or dominion and the last one there is energio which means mighty in or efficient or to show forth let me see if i got it right so the exceeding two greatness three power to us what we believe according to the working for 95 power six rod seven so now watch this exceeding is hupabalo greatness is megaton power is dunamis the word power there is dunamis the word working is energia which means energy or vitality then mighty is iskus which means forcefulness then power is kratos which means vigor or dominion and the last word which is wrought is energio which means to be mighty in or to be efficient or to show forth these are strong words all vested in his resurrection now it's amazing please get this when god parted the red sea it was the demonstration of his power but when god raised jesus from the dead it was the demonstration of the exceeding greatness of his power now it's amazing whatever creation revealed was a testament of what god was going to do In Romans chapter 1, the verse 1 to 4. Let's finish this. Romans chapter 1, the verse 1 to 4. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. He says, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So he was declared the son of God with power. So why are we saying this? That means all this power that was vested in the resurrection of Jesus is the same power living in the believer the same power that was vested in raising jesus is the same power vested in the believer now this is incredible it's the same power 
So how does the believer lose that salvation? The power, the forcefulness, the vigor, the vitality, the beyond the mark, the surpassing, the energy that was vested in raising us from the dead to seal our salvation. How is it possible to lose this salvation? Amazing. We have life in Christ. We have life in Christ. When he rose, we rose with him. When he rose, we rose with him. And that same power that was vested in his resurrection is the same power that is vested in us. It's the same power vested in us. The believer is, a, is, is, is the demonstration of God's power. The believer has power in him. The devil cannot play the mess with you anymore. Why? Because the power of God is in you. God wants you to be conscious of resurrection because it is in the resurrection that we see God's demonstration of his exceeding greatness of his power. Yeah? The believer is a powerful being. There is a force at work in his life. He cannot have spiritual marriage. No. How can resurrection be in the DNA of his spirit and a crazy silly demon does not recognize it and comes to sleep with him or her resurrection i taught this in a, in a church and a woman had this teaching she was having spiritual marriages when she had this teaching she was about to sleep and she screamed i carry the greatest power god ever invested when he rose Jesus from the dead, I carried that power. No demon can take advantage of me again. And she slept. Since that time, she caught that revelation. Everything changed about her life. When I caught this revelation as a prophet, I stopped wasting my time on witches of my family. Because they mean nothing to me anymore. They mean nothing to me anymore. Because I know who I am in Christ. No devil can tell me there is a curse in my family and I, and I need to break it with four bottles of anointing oil. What is the essence of his resurrection then? If we need to break bottles to break curses. If we need to burn coal pots and burn, and burn fire by midnight. Burn wood to break curses. What was the essence of that resurrection? If I need to sow a seed to break a curse over my life, what was the essence then of his resurrection? If I need to sow a seed to get a demon out of my body, what is the essence of this resurrection? For a demon to claim ownership of my life, for a crazy demon to say he has cursed me from where? From whence? I know who I am. The devil cannot play the mess with me. I carry resurrection. When I appear, he disappears. That's your belief now. That's your belief. When I appear, the devil disappears. I always say this. I say this with a humble heart. I don't remember the last time praying against the witches of my family. From whence? Someone says, man of God, you have to. 
You have to. I don't need to. I know who I am. There is resurrection in my spirit. Praying against witches of my family. Hey. See. You can bind the activities of demonic spirits. Without necessarily dealing with the witches of your family. Someone says it depends on the family you come from. My, my claim is that it depends on the revelation you are coming from. It doesn't depend on the family you are coming from. It depends on the revelation you are coming from. It doesn't depend on the family you are coming from. Someone says, my family is hard. Hey! Who says so? There is no hard family in resurrection. There is no hard family in resurrection. You need to renew your mind. It's very important. You need to know who you are and stand in the name and authority given to you by Jesus. How can you be an ambassador and not take charge? How can you be a shrine of God and not take charge? For, for your information, the Bible says your body is the temple of God. The word temple in the Greek is naos. Naos. The word naos means shrine. So the Bible is saying your body is God's shrine. What is a shrine? A shrine is the meeting place between deity and divinity and humanity. A shrine is a meeting place between deity and humanity. The Bible says your body is God's shrine. In other words, your body is the meeting place of God and man. God can work through you. He can work through you. You 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 are the house of divinity. You are God's shrine. The power living in you is greater than Logokbo powers. The power living in you is greater than Tikari uh, powers. The power living in you is more powerful than any fetish priest power in this world. You need to come to this revelation. The apostles knew this. You never found any of the apostles asking people to come and they break curses in their lives. You know what they preached? They preached resurrection and they solved the whole problem. They preached resurrection and they solved the whole problem. Someone says, man of God, I've been believing this thing for some time, but I'm not seeing any change. You don't understand this thing. It has not become a part of you yet. It takes time for revelation to build. You don't get this thing in one day. Are you getting this? when i started as a prophet i was you see i was having attacks every time there were times at night when i sleep spirits come and strangle my neck i want to cry i want to shout g g g g g g g g jesus then i wake up i'll have dreams fighting with marine spirits they were real but there's something more real they were real but there is something more real when I got the revelation that we were raised together with Christ far above principalities and powers and might and dominion. Look, he said we have been raised far and above. It doesn't make sense. How can you be raised far and above? We have been raised far above all principality, powers. These are rankings of authorities and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but in that which is to come in other words any demon that will be discovered in the next thousand years that demon you have risen above it far above he says and you were made to sit together 
in the heavenly realms. In other words, your sitting mate is Christ. Demons are not your classmates. You don't entertain demons. You don't entertain demonic activities. You take your place by revelation. When I got the revelation that I've been raised far above all principalities, I stopped praying about witches. Because witches are one of the lowest, low, lowest troubles of the believer. Yet today, it takes 90% of meetings in most churches. Witchcraft takes 90% of the time of many churches today. Yet the apostles preached resurrection and they saw transformation. They saw power. They saw grace. Did I say witches don't exist? No. I said witches are not the classmates of the believer. Can a witch witch attack a believer? It depends. Some of us, they dare not. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Think about it. A demon recognized Paul and Jesus at par. How are you recognized in the kingdom of darkness? See, the devil is not afraid of prayer warriors. He's afraid of revelation warriors. Those who know who they are and pray with it are powerful. Those who know who they are and act it are powerful. It takes time for revelation to take root. Give yourself to these teachings. It takes time. It doesn't happen in a day. Don't say, I believe this man of God, but they are still sleeping with me. They will sleep with you. You listen to this teaching once, only once in your life, and you expect it to live. It doesn't work that way. It takes time. You need to keep listening. You need to build yourself. You need to keep being conscious of this reality. There are many Christians who are more conscious of demons than angels. So how do you have angelic encounters? They are more conscious of the demonic world than the spiritual world of God's glory. A cockroach passes behind your hall and you are shouting, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. A simple lizard is at your door and you take anointing oil, which is of my family. There was a time uh, I moved to a two-bedroom apartment at, at a place at, around Kokrobite. When I moved to that place, with my things when i got there at the edge of the window they had put two eggs in a certain um cover where will someone leave two eggs with a covering at the edge of the window there are some of you all night service all night service for you i just went i didn't hesitate at all i just went there I'm told the people were from Burkina Faso or something. As I don't, I'm Burkina Faso, I don't care. I just went there, took the eggs with my hand, look at the eggs, laugh at the eggs, and I threw them away. We know who we are. We know who we are. The devil cannot intimidate us. Resurrections at work. Lift your voice and begin to speak in the spirit. Resurrection is at work. Resurrection is at work. An unstoppable reality. 
an undeniable reality resurrection is in my spirit the devil is aware of this he can't stop me anymore no leta fuzu abutu kadige ruta sakambo shakanda tae Lepa posi frene kipa sutakai elalata diana mo 